you are listening to the Incongruent Thoughts podcast where we strive to understand diametrically opposed views and ideas hoping to reconcile them for the benefit of anyone with ears to hear. I'm your host Kaushik Nagarajan and joining me today after a while is Jeffrey George, a polymer engineer based in Chicago, Illinois. Jeffrey and I did our undergrad together and we were part of the same campus Christian fellowship. So this is another episode from the archives recorded back in September of 2020. We discuss about transparency, accountability, trust, relationships and a lot more. Also there is going to be a lot of Christian lingo here. So feel free to listen in even if you are not a Christian. Write to me if you, if anything doesn't make sense, I'd love to clarify. On with the show then. So hey Jeffrey Um welcome back to another episode. How are you doing my hey, friend? Hey Kashik. Good brother. Good to be back. And uh yeah, always a pleasure to be talking to you. And uh <laughs> again, like I said the last time, I'm excited for um uh, uh I'm excited for the things that you're doing. Um I'm excited in the ways that you're s- desire to serve God's people. So praise God for that. <laughs> Thank you. And uh I'm also excited to share this with you. So, let's kick it off. This is a topic that uh you're passionate about and uh, I know it's a very important topic that that everyone needs to have in their life and we are going to be talking about accountability, confession, transparency and privacy and a lot of these things combined together. So, we'll be dissecting them and uh, I think this is going to be a good conversation. Yeah, so, excited. Let's do it. <laughs> Yeah. So um so let me start off with maybe like one example. So there's this idea where you where you have to explain yourself always like a uh, like especially at work, you know, you say that oh I couldn't come I couldn't come in or I couldn't log in because I had to go to the hospital. I was late to so I was late to this meeting or I couldn't come here and and like we always try to make excuses, you know, to give reasons for people so that they don't um so that everyone is updated or so that people don't think that you know we are up to no good or things like that so that is this aspect and sometimes it's a bit polarizing because uh you can't tell, you don't need to tell everyone everything but unfortunately we end up doing that and uh that can be pretty detrimental for us because we we talk to people and not all of them react in the same way not all of them are trustworthy and things like that so what do you think about this idea of uh how people feel like they have to tell about everything that's happening in their life to everyone well obviously it's not healthy it that goes without saying when we are called as god's people as i i think we are talking much more in um christian context as god's people in a local church context you're absolutely right we are not called to broadcast all of our mess all of who we are to the entire world that's not the idea uh behind accountability and confession i think sometimes when we hear these words we we automatically um uh, start thinking of oh wait i have to tell everything that's broken about me everything that it has to do with my weaknesses with my sin with the evil in my heart we have to tell it to everybody outside of me but well, that's that's not true that is not something um that's biblical either however um what is biblical is the desire to share life with those who trust in the lord um with those who are mature in the faith 
and allowing them to speak into your life in terms of uh, in spaces where you are struggling in, t- in in spaces where their brokenness exists and in spaces where we are sinful and these are spaces where you invite uh, mature and mature and spiritually um uh, people who are much more ahead in their spiritual journeys you invite those people in and you allow them to speak into your life again you don't broadcast these things to the entire world but you allow these people to walk in to allow you to grow does that make sense yeah i think um like uh, i thought of a few things where you can um how do you identify which people are these appropriate people in your life one thing as you mentioned is if they are ahead of you or have spent more time in the spiritual journey in their spiritual journey someone who you lo- look up to in the faith they might be uh, someone that you can share with another thing is they need to be trustworthy you know not those who would gossip behind your back about the things that you say and they know how to keep confidentiality and and also that they would uh, be those who would help you in a non-judgmental way and this is important to note because especially when we are uh, maybe going through difficulties once we start talking to people it's easy to trust them and maybe they don't deserve that trust a uh, few people so uh, a lot of people so we need to be little wise with whom we are also sharing our life with and yeah we can talk about that um, later on how we can maybe identify such people in our lives um sure. but yeah so why don't we uh, start off with maybe giving uh, good reasons um, biblical reasons why this kind of an accountability and confession is important in a christian's life and i think it might also translate to non believers also it might not help them salvifically or in their faith journey but i think it it will help them in their walks at walks of life as well sure um yeah i i think a couple of things that you touched there number 1 um like the biblical reasons why we go through this together why accountability and confession is crucial for christian living and growth um i think it's something that i've experienced in my own life i think it's it's around 5 years ago that i experienced the um the freedom as well as the sanctifying power of uh, being accountable as well as confessional to my brothers again when we say accountability and confession we don't mean it to Uh we don't mean it in the sense where my brother is able to in the place of God forgive me, right? Yeah. That's not what's happening, but in what the local church is supposed to be is a huge blessing and a resource when it comes to our sanctification. That's God's one of God's intended purposes through the local church. And for me when I was able to be accountable as well as confessional to my fellow brothers in Christ, I found huge freedom because I realized that this Christian journey that I'm on, this pursuit of Christ is not one that's meant to be done isolated. It's one that's meant to be done together in uh, with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think that was something that I recognized around 5 years ago and uh, up until now it's been it's been one of the most wonderful things I've been able to experience uh in terms of the local church. And you're right, there is also an aspect in which that non-believers also benefit from these as well, but you can only benefit the most beautiful effects of 
accountability and confession if you have a transformed heart in Christ. Yeah. Right. Um, for me, what's be- uh, what when we say that we need mature and spiritually uh, and those who are much more along in the spiritual journey, for me, a spiritually mature person is one that has grown and cultivating the rhythm of repenting every day. That is what it means for me when I say that this is a spiritually mature person, that they have grown in repenting every day, that they live a repentant lifestyle, that that it is hum, uh, that they live in humility, they recognize their brokenness, and therefore need, uh, they realize their need to repent every day, and their need to rest in, in, in God's grace. And that those are the kind of people that you definitely want to share life with, because Again, that is what it means to be Christian. It is to recognize your need for Christ and His grace. And I think that's important. So in terms of unbelievers, I do believe that they will definitely be benefited by this in, a, in, in some uh, lesser forms for sure. But you need transformed hearts in order to truly benefit what, from what we mean when we say accountability and confession. Um, I, I believe you wanted to talk about... Um, a little bit from scripture, like how, where do we see in scripture in terms of what it means to live life together? And um, yeah, why don't we jump into that? Yeah, maybe like uh, we can go back and forth here. But one sure. thing that um, comes to my mind is uh, in James uh, chapter 5, talks about how we uh, uh, confess, confess your sins to one another. Um, I'll just read the verse before and after as well. Uh, James chapter 5, verse uh, 15 to 7, 16. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the verses that we use to acknowledge the importance of, uh, of confession. Um, in the early church, confession... And forgiving one another was a, a, a regular uh, rhythm in their lives. They recognize that they are broken. Um, they recognize that they are sinful and that there is evil in their hearts, even after being saved by Christ. And I think one of the deep, uh, uh, one of the things that they uh, deeply recognize is they need community in order to grow together. Right? Iron sharpens iron. When um, I think the beauty of Christianity is that it does not isolate us from community. It does not isolate us from uh, the world, but it tells us to be part of the world. And, I think the thing uh, is that we are um, in the world, but not off the world, right? So there's this correct. analogy of how uh, uh, I think the, the lotus the lotus leaf is, is gracefully on the water, but it's not submerged by it. Right. That, that's a good analogy. I think in cultures or religions around the world, one of the things that they would preach uh, is that in order to have inner peace, you would have to be isolated. You would have to go and become some kind of monk or you would have to live on a mountain uh, separate from other people. But in Christianity, it's different, right? Where in, if you are in Christ, you're called to live together with God's people. Yeah. And even though God's people are people who have been forgiven, who they are forgiven people, they're still sinners as well. And it's in that space, it's in the space of the local church where your sin uh, shines the brightest. 
Um, that is the space where God does his best work. It is the space where the spirit of God works through the body of Christ in order to refine us, in order to grow us, in order to make us much more Christ-like. So going back to uh, the passage that we just read, James chapter 5, uh, we see that that was a regular rhythm. And in this passage, we see that it is somehow, uh, in some way, it was in this passage, it's connected to your physical well-being. Uh, it is connected to your physical health. So not only is it spiritual in terms of your sin being offensive to God, it also has, in some sense, a physical consequence as well. Not all the time. We see that there are ways that sin does not manifest in physical, um, in physical Sickness, brokenness. Uh, yeah. Exactly. But in this case, we see that that was an instance. Um, and we can see here that it was possibly because of hidden sins and it was because of a secret lifestyle that was locked in sin. And that is the reason why uh, I would say in God's grace, he was stricken with, he was, he was, he was suffering in sickness so that he would recognize the importance of sharing his life with others. And that is why he's encouraged to share his life and confess his sins to the elders so that they can pray for him and that in God, between him and God, that there would be recons uh, that there would be grace as well as he would recognize his need for God's grace as well. So I think that is what this passage is talking about, and it's a reminder for the church at large that we need to live uh, lives that is intimate and relational with our fellow believers in our local church context. Again, like we said, it's not with everyone, but there should be always people within our church context who we share life with, who knows us inside out, and who is able to speak into our life and remind us the gospel when we fail to live out the gospel. Yeah, and maybe like uh, connected with that and how we're going to dive a little bit deeper into practically what it means to live and share life with one another. But before that, there are a few misconceptions that we may need to address about this topic. Um, so just off the top, one of the things is, you know, this idea that it is between God and me. And so I can I can just talk to him, ask God for forgiveness, and that's enough. And I don't need to tell people. And uh, it is God who forgives, not man. And, and the thing is, there are small truths in this. So it's not like completely a full total lie. But the the way it's structured, it it is not uh, it's not biblical. So yeah, maybe you can go at that. Yeah, I mean that is something that we hear in a lot of circles. I've heard that in my uh, in my Christian circle a lot as well. It is between God and I, and it is true in one sense, right? When we look at Psalm fifty one four, when we see the sin of David, um, when we see his uh, adulterous heart as well as his murderous heart when he came to Bathsheba and her husband, we see in that psalm it says that it is against you and only you, O God, that I have sinned, right? So it is true in the ultimate sense that it is deeply offensive towards God. But we also see that in terms of Bathsheba and in terms of her husband who David killed, there was horizontal, there are horizontal effects of our sinfulness. He sinned against them as well. And to that end, when we read Matthew 5, 23 and 24, we see that there, Jesus himself tells us that if we have a gift at the altar, right? This is again, temple context, right? It is Jewish temple context. If you have a gift for the altar, he, he tells 
he tells the person, hey, leave the gift there. If you have unre- if you have a brother that you're unreconciled with, that you haven't um, uh, confessed your sin and he ha- haven't sought forgiveness, go do that first and then bring your gift to the altar. Why does Jesus say that? He says that because Jesus also cares for true uh, closeness and true harmony among God's people. He cares for our hearts to seek, to confess sins to each other, uh, confess uh, those sins that we have done against each other, and also seek forgiveness for those sins amongst our brothers. It is never something that we are called to sweep under the rug, but it is something that we are called to live um, live in a way that exposes that sin and therefore seeks true reconciliation, that is by repentance and seeking forgiveness. And that is the kind of life that we're called to live. So this idea of between God and I, I would I would argue it's incomplete if you don't recognize our need to um, confess our sins and seek forgiveness from our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ who we may have wronged. Yeah. And the other subtle thing, uh, subtle fallacy in this argument is that when when we make it just between me and God, the issue is that many times our the image of God that we have or the understanding of God that we have is suited to our needs. So if okay. if say you're uh, struggling with addiction to, uh, let's say you're struggling with lust, and so and you ask God for forgiveness and all of that, but also you're the the image of God uh, that you have, even though maybe you're a Christian. It is a God who, he is a God who is, he's sort of okay with your sin in case you, you know, just feel a little bad at some times or things like that. And, and, you know, you, you keep patting yourself in the back, like, okay, like, you know, I'm struggling with this and, you know, God knows my heart. And, and sometimes that's the issue. God knows your heart and, and your heart is not really contrite. And so when we when we are all alone we can keep justifying anything and everything and you know you can you can tell like um even say like um say you are also involved in like proper ministry work or you're doing very good hard work at office and so you come back home and you're like you know god understands that you know i'm exhausted so a little bit of doing this is it's not a big thing and god knows that you know i need this kind of outlet for rest and escapism and things like that and this is dangerous because you're living in lie and and you're doing this in in the dark and the thing about the dark is that sin thrives in the dark and uh, light light will expose the dirty truth that it is but uh, at the same time only when it's exposed or only when there's light can you clean up the mess or get help to clean up the mess yeah i absolutely agree um because left to ourselves we allow sin to fester and grow right? Isolation leaves sin unaddressed. And these are spaces where the devil deceives us easily and makes us complacent in our walk with the Lord and in our fight against sin. So I absolutely agree with you. That's that's a subtle lie that we end up believing when we say that it is between God and I. Because we shape God into our own image and we think that, oh, God will understand. We t- This is where we take God's grace for granted. This is where we, this is where we cheapen His grace, right? It's cheap grace, right? We, we take it as license to sin, right? Be it anything, be it lust, be it our anger, be it our hatred of someone, doesn't matter. These are all terrible and horrifying sins in the sight of God, right? But this is where community with God's people is so 
helpful, right? It's so beneficial because when you're in community with God's people, and again, when remember, when we say community with God's people, we're talking about a uh, few people that you're sharing your life with within your local church. These are few people that you have cultivated trust with. You have uh, you have built up a capital of trust within these friendships where you're able to speak into each other's lives and thereby allow each other to encourage each other, to rebuke each other, as well as grow together. And that is the purpose of this small group of friends that you have who know you well, right? And this group of friends, this kind of relationships actually allows us to be intentional in our fight against sin. It is in relationships that we see our sins the brightest, and that is why it is, that is also another reason why community with God's people uh, is so important. Think about it, right? Who knows us best? It is family. It is those who are deeply intimate with. It is those who are, we are closest with, right? They see our, uh, they see what we are capable of when it comes to good and as well as they see our most darkest sides, right? They see our most angriest sides. They see our most, uh, hateful side. They see everything, right? And in the same way, our local church is, uh, God's intended uh, is what God intended to be the space where we are known best, right? Church is, we say that church is like family, yeah. but that's not true. Church is family, right? Church is God's family where we come together and we, and this is the space where we are, this is the space where God allows us to grow, uh, through community. And so to that point, um, this is why we need to be sharing our lives with people that we trust who are much more farther ahead in their spiritual journey um, and thereby can help us grow uh, in Christ. Yeah. So there are also two aspects to uh, you know, forgiveness. Uh, one is the horizontal aspect and the other is the vertical. So when you say the sure. vertical, it's between you and God and you approach the throne of grace and repentance and with a contrite heart and and you resolve to you know uh, turn away from your sin and there's the other aspect where you also horizontally with your fellow believers and brothers you reconcile with them and you confess to them so i've been thinking about that and i think there are two ways uh, how these this can happen one is if you've uh, offended a person so say you've wronged a person Let's take the example of you stealing money from a person. So you ask God for forgiveness, but at the same time now you go and repay that person and you confess to them that you did something wrong and you have reconciliation. So that is one aspect and this can be done to another person even if he's not spiritual or whatever. You need to reconcile that way. Now there's the other aspect where uh, you've done something wrong and maybe it's a personal sin and you're not uh, explicitly affecting someone else. But you'll find benefit if you confess that to a, a more spiritual brother and uh, yeah, have have him keep you accountable. So yeah, how do you see these two different angles? So what I hear you saying is that there are definitely sins in our lives that we think are personal and um, that we don't see immediate horizontal effects and therefore, you know, we don't need to confess those sins, Right. Uh, one of the things that my mind always goes back to whenever I hear, uh, this, this, uh, being said to me is to the Garden of Eden, right? Adam and Eve could not have possibly known the consequences, the deep consequences that, that lay ahead for, uh, their disobedience towards God, 
right? We see that they simply thought it through the lens of, oh, it is desirable to eat. It is beautiful. Oh, God might have been wrong. Therefore, let me take this fruit and eat it. But we see the deep consequences that unfolded throughout history because of that one act. So let's, again, I, I think it's important for us to recognize that we, it's important for us to see that we don't minimize sin and its effects because we have no idea. We can't even possibly begin to imagine how um, consequential or how deep the effects of sin can be. Now, that being said, when it comes to personal sin, keep that in mind that there are that there will be horizontal effects that manifest over time. But that being said, sometimes we can think that oh, I may need, I may not need to uh, confess this or talk about this to my brothers and sisters in Christ. To that, I would say that Ephesians five eleven to fourteen calls us to live in the light. It is. It is calling us to live in a way that exposes uh, sin to the light, right? It is ca calling us to live in a way that we don't have darkness in us, right? That there's no hidden part of us, that we do not live in such a way um, that we are faking the kind of light that we desire to have inside, but there's no light inside us whatsoever. That our hearts are filled with darkness, but... The way that we portray ourselves to be is that there is light in us. So there is this fake approach that we bring to who we are in Christ. So Ephesians 5, 11 to 14 says, Take no part in the unfruitful work of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Right? And this is, this is a very important passage for what it means to, to be in the light. And being in the light is exposing the darkness, right? Wherever it might be. And that includes our hearts as well. Right? We need to, this is, this is why it is so important to cultivate humility in our hearts as well to not to call out the self-righteousness our bent for self-righteousness because it's so easy for us to think through the lens of hey i'm okay um i'm i'm, I'm only doing the sins that everybody else is doing i'm only doing the sins that you know um that is not affecting anybody else but it is in these kind of mentalities that we see that sin has its deepest effects because it is it is going unchecked and it is going without the gospel being preached to it and that is why we need to cultivate our uh, rhythms where we are able to confess our sin and thereby allow other people to come in and, and, and preach the gospel to us, share the, truth with, uh, share the truth with us, and remind us of the great treasure that we are in pursuit of that gets affected every single time we sin, right? And that is why pursuing holiness is not something that we do in isolation. It is something that we do together as we walk together with the church. Yeah, I'm I'm reminded of the analogy of the church being the body and Christ being the head and how each of us are uh, different members of the body and yep. we all look very different and we have different roles in the body but all of them are important even th even the ones which are not, you know, externally seen. And I was just thinking like if there is something creeping on my um, on my hand like an insect or something it is my other hand that, you know, uh, removes the insect from my body or 
um something else maybe even more severe like you see a snake coming towards you and the the eye sees it but you know the rest of the body the the legs are running and they work in harmony with each other to to take care of the whole body if each part of the body decides to just fend for himself they're not going to last for much long and that is the beautiful way in which god has designed the church to be and uh, we can be only fruitful if we live by that and i was just thinking okay. about um, other benefits of uh, confession right like from my experience one of the um, one thing that also stands out to me is that when you articulate what you're struggling with or this sin in your life to someone else that's when you understand the gravity of the situation too because till you say it uh, put it to words it's it's not you know as doesn't sound as serious because you keep justifying it to yourself but when you actually end up saying it <laughs> you find out that you can't mask it or beautify it anymore no i uh, that's absolutely true i think the beautiful gift of confession to uh those who are mature in the faith i think it also gives us a lens through which we acknowledge like you said its seriousness its its gravity um we get to see a shadow of what uh of the disdain that god may have as well for our sin right and that's the shame that we feel in confessing our sin to our brothers and sisters in christ but it also reminds us that those who have been purchased by grace those who have been saved by grace when they show grace to us we are also reminded of the infinite grace that is given to us in Christ by God our father as well and it is in that space that we need to recognize that as much disdain that God might have for our hor- horrible sins God also has immense grace and love for us in that space as well right why because he sees Christ he sees Christ when we when we are standing in his presence so therefore we are clean we are right we are made, we are justified and this is why it's so important that justification is always um that that we remind each other our identity in Christ that we are justified by grace alone by by our faith alone in Christ and that it is through Christ that we have right standing before God but it does not stop there right this is where we are also called to pursue a life of holiness pursue what it means to be Christ like for two reasons one it is for our good we grow to experience and taste the goodness of god and two uh it it helps us share the goodness of god to the world as well it is it is hugely testimonial to his goodness when we uh, explicitly live out the gospel in front of others as well uh and i think that is one of the benefits as well um that is a huge benefit of confession in uh, a local church context yeah i think um so we've uh, we've told so many good things about confession and accountability and uh, just maybe to soften the blow or or bring a little bit of a reality check i mean so if people hearing us it might sound like you know we have this all figured out and you know we we <laughs> have no sin in our life that is not confessed to a brother and we are you know keeping in check so the question is like how do you feel when you when you decide to go to a brother and you know that you have to tell them about your sin you know the the emotion that surrounds it like for me it's like i just keep justifying as much as possible pushing it aside as <laughs> much as bent. possible yeah i'm like i just um i i'll write in my maybe to do list okay i need to talk to him <laughs> 
but i'm not going to do it today so i write it tomorrow and then okay the weekend and then the week starts the next weekend so just i just try to avoid it as much as possible but i know somehow uh, only times when i've actually started to speak about it is when i uh i'll just go ahead and put drop a text and i'm like hey can we talk or something let's talk sometime so now it's on their park the ball is on their court and uh, if they are someone who really care cares about me and there are a few that do that so even if i'm not very interested they knows they know they need to call and they will reach out to me and that time uh, by god's grace i must have the courage to go and tell them finally that's a uh, incredible point because i think our hearts are naturally bent to cover up when whenever we do something wrong right that's our natural tendency that's our natural propensity um but in christ we are free to confess because we see that there's grace right and also that sin does not define us because we are children of god and i think that's something that we have to always remind each other when there is sin in our lives um that we are called to holiness and therefore we are called to a higher um uh, we are called uh, we, we are called to a higher purpose so therefore there is a way that we are called to live life that being said you're absolutely right that it is it is accountability and confession is beautiful uh because for me personally i have i have seen that it is in the midst of my sin that i that i see my uh desire to cover it up but when i have already built up friendships with those who uh deeply love and care for me as well as deeply love uh deeply love christ these are brothers who even if they are busy even if something's going on with them that will that they will reach out and that they will choose to keep me accountable right it is in the i've noticed in the midst of my own sin that i want to hide away from um from the consequences as well as the effects i want to hide away from god himself as well instead of coming into the presence of god which i can freely do but this is where i need constant reminders and encouragements from my fellow brothers and that is i think that is another beautiful part of what accountability and confession looks like so yeah i i've experienced that and i that again like i said it is only experienced truly with with a brother in Christ, with a brother or sister in Christ who loves the Lord um who is mature in the faith meaning that they have cultivated a repentant lifestyle and also who you have cultivated trust with and it is in this space that you will deeply enjoy the fruits of uh, accountability and confession yeah um i i wanted to ask about um how to identify maybe accountability partners or mentors mm. for yourself we've sort of touched on that and uh, i think it's a little bit maybe paradoxical because you only know if they're good mentors or if you can keep hold them in confidence once you uh, you know invest in them or tell them about things in your life True. so uh, if if you're the kind of person who wants to make who wants to be who wants it uh, extremely perfectly written out and you know you need to be very very sure that this going this person is going to be perfect he's going to be super spiritual and you know not judge me at all and he's not going to misuse any information i gave give it to him i don't think we can reach that point so that i think we need to start um sharing and be wise don't uh, especially with someone who's really new uh, i i wouldn't suggest sharing everything about your life but i would say maybe start in your 
in your local church context and if if you don't have elder brothers who care for you there then uh maybe in other uh, christian circles and things like that yeah i i think a couple of things one we need to be praying we need to be praying for uh those who can walk together with us and this is where di- discipleship this is what discipleship means it means life on life relationships it means um it means closely sharing your life with each other but like i said it is seeking out brothers or if it, it, it is seeking out brothers and sisters in the faith who can walk together with you and sometimes it's going to be hard because you're right that it is hard to see who is spiritually mature or who let's use the word compatible with in terms of like yeah. uh in terms of like similar interests you can you know you you know that there is going to be uh I'm going to use a very sciency word synergy when when you grow together it's mm-hmm. going to be hugely beneficial there's compatibility but that's hard sometimes but here's also the other thing that is very counterintuitive uh that I've experienced as well that I've experienced deep joy wa- walking with those that I did not immediately think that I would be a- compatible with them and honestly I think sometimes it takes great faith yeah um and also discernment because I I do believe that we can in some sense we can definitely see those who are spiritually mature and those who are not from a couple of interactions right we see that through the humility we see that through the ways that they highlight the importance of Christ in their life we see that in the way that they choose to live life and it is through these ways that we can see if someone spiritually mature and if they if they desire uh if they hold highly important the word of god um but like i said sometimes it's just it takes faith and it it also takes believing that god's sovereign and that he's got you right people are going to disappoint people are right the, again accountability and confession is not perfect it's never perfect it, yeah. it's not it is it is merely uh one of god's good gifts to us but it is not what's it is not what ultimately saves us it is christ alone that saves us right um it is a wonderful gift through which god reminds us of his gospel but it is not it is not what it, ultimately saves us and i think that's very important for us to distinguish and there therefore um also important for us to have grace for as well because people always dis- people tend to disappoint not always disappoint people tend to disappoint right and i know how many times i've disappointed my brothers in terms of uh when they have needed me the most that i have disappointed them and i'm sure that you also can relate but these are things that we notice in people but the beauty of again the gospel is that there is grace and that's the same grace we are called to extend to those who may be discipling us who may be mentoring us we are called to have grace for them as well yeah i think uh, as maybe an action item uh, there's nothing more to add but i think just listening to this conversation i think people would um like people who are listening you you might be you might recollect the names of few people or you can look back into your life and see a few people who who have invested in your life and who you think might be uh, might be a uh, good people to mentor you and and i would say um if you're struggling with things uh, please reach out yes absolutely um sometimes like i said it takes faith to do that it is trusting in the lord that that you're safe that you're safe the church 
as a, uh, the local church is meant to be the place where you're the safest when it comes to sharing the brokenness in your life because ultimately there's grace and there's healing because of the gospel um but yeah absolutely reach out to those around you that you know who are trustworthy and i'm sure that even in our circles there might be so many people who do not know how to be accountable who do not know how to share life with each other and if so like you said reach out and uh yeah, we can hopefully uh, help you in your journey of finding those that you can walk together with so that we can walk this this life as Christians together so that we glorify God. Amen. Thank you, Jeffrey. It was uh, great yeah. having this conversation with you. Pleasure, brother. Take care. So how did you find the episode? I hope you found at least a few things useful. That's all for now. Um, talk to you soon.